Hello, welcome to Bride Body Family Temple, uh, the podcast where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before a watching world. Today in the podcast studio with me are Mr. Conrad Hershberger. Hey. Matt Rao. Hey. Mark Russell. What's up? The, the, usual, the usual crew, I guess. Uh, and uh, today we're going to be talking about what it means to be the family of God. So again, with some of these introductory um, episodes on this podcast, um, we're literally just going through what the title of the podcast actually is, Bride Body Family Temple, and just kind of doing a little bit of a deep dive um, on what, how each one of those kind of uh, works and why they're important. Um, again, the big idea with this podcast is just that this is kind of our rough ecclesiology, so to speak, like in a nutshell, is uh, if you're going to, if I'm going to talk to you about, you know, what I believe about what the church is, um, this is where I'm going to go, is that we're bride, body, family, temple. In a lot of ways, those things are very different. At the same time, they're the main uh, metaphors that the Bible uses to describe the church in the New Testament. Um, and I think they're very helpful the more that you meditate upon them and and kind of uh, just marinate in them. There's there's always more more to learn. Today, talking about family. So let me set it up this way. With the bride, the primary emphasis was on intimacy with the body. The primary emphasis was on mission or function and with Christ as our head and what he would have us do. With family, the primary emphasis is going to be on community um, and really having a sense of belonging. I think it is entirely possible to on a very surfacey level, be in a church um, and attend there and yet not know people and also not be known by people. And usually those two things uh, go hand in hand, but God has called us to know each other um, intimately and in a way that is loving and in, and that is unique um, and in a way that uh, should be what that makes us set apart from from much of what uh uh what people see in the world unfortunately it's not always the case and i think this is a great area of growth uh for god's people i think there are some churches and contexts that just naturally do it better than others um i know for us at mercy hill i feel like this is one that we can definitely uh that we can definitely grow in and so excited to talk about it but uh um matt you got any thoughts on that out the gate you're a big community guy yeah, I love community. Uh, <laughs> you are our connect, connect pastor, right? You so know, it's kind of a, it's a little bit in your in your uh, yeah in your title. I, I think you know, like you know, something resonated there where you said like sometimes um, people go to a church and they don't connect well. They they're sometimes it's it's that's what people want though too. They don't want to have that connection yeah. maybe because they've been hurt in the past. Um, maybe they have these expectations of like I don't want anybody else to know me. Well, well, and, see, so, so right there, and not to interrupt you, sorry, yeah, but, yeah. but but like, but, but with what I said earlier, is those mm-hmm. two things go together in terms yep. of that we know people, but at the same time are known by people. Absolutely, and you really can't, you know, get to know people if you're not willing to also be known. There's a little bit of a phrase I've been living by lately. Um, that I, I don't know who this is original with, uh, not me. Let me just say, it, let me just say that, <laughs> but that. Um, Trust travels at the speed of vulnerability. Mm. Trust travels at the speed of vulnerability. And so in, the, in terms of relationships, that um, if we're going to get to know people, we're going to have to trust one another, and that's going to require vulnerability, not just on their part, but on our part. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that's good. I, I, I think, you know, so <clears throat> sometimes it, it does come down to what your 
uh, what your perception of the church is. And, and for some people, it is just coming to a service, opening up their Bible, maybe listening to some really good preaching, maybe some, you know, sometimes the teaching, maybe they're, they're, they're just coming because their kids, they want their kids to be in kids' church or Sunday school, depending on what your church uh, does. And in that, though, they don't want to be connected. All they want is get some teaching and peace out. I don't want to have yeah. that complication of uh, interconnecting with, you know, com- you know, community. Um, and, you know, some, most of the time that's coming out of pain and hurt that they've experienced in the past. Yeah. Yeah. There is no pain like church pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and relational pain is a very real thing. And unfortunately, um, people have had some of their greatest experiences in the church. They've also had some of their most difficult and painful experiences uh, within the church. Um, and I think that that goes along well, though, when you think about family, like you just think about your your natural family or the family that you were born into. Um, like I've, you know, gotten in great heated debates with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with family. Um, I also uh, love them as much as anybody. And I think this is the same thing that should uh, should be happening in the church. Mark, what are your initial thoughts on this? Let us let you jump I just in think, here. Yeah, I, it's good. I think I think one thing that um, comes up quickly, and I know I, th- I think about this too, like just this idea of community and being involved with one another, um, what that looks like, and and the question I feel like very quickly becomes just how like how much you know what I mean how much am I supposed to be involved? What what is the level of expectation or or demand on that i think part of it would be that that we're and part of what you guys are saying even part of that is that we would be involved and engaged with people so much that like we can't we can't just come and hide you know what i mean like and that's part of even just thinking with with family like there's no hiding who you are in the midst of your family right like you you live together you they they it's yeah. you, 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 it's not just moments and hours strung together. It's like all of life. They see you react in all these different situations and kind of the highs and the lows. And I think, you know, again, it's not going to be a perfect, um, comparison. We, we, we aren't going to be around our church family in the same capacity, but, but some of those same things should still be happening where we, we are involved and we do have community at a level at which we really can't hide from the people around us and people people again we both know other people on that level and and we allow people to know us and um so i don't know i mean that in some sense is i understand unhelpful because it's like we want just the the kind of easy metric to throw out there and stuff but but it's really it's really more than that it's it's about relationship all these things and um yeah it's it it, this is one that probably you know, we're, we're pastors here at a, at a church. This is the thing that is really at the center of everything that we want to cultivate um, is true family. And the Bible talks a lot about it. I think it's very easy in our culture um, to pull back from it and to prioritize uh, just natural family. I think I need to talk about this a little bit. Is, is that so? You know, we're in Holmes County, which is one of the largest Amish communities in the world. For the most part, it is a very t- 
tight-knit community in terms of actual like ancestral family like the families that you come from um and there's nothing wrong with it um we are unique in term somewhat in terms of uh the culture at large where many people are coming from uh broken ancestral families or um there's just a lot more uh, i guess diversity that they grow up in and around where i feel like everybody like like we have this little thing um that will make sense to those who grew up here, well, I, I call it the Holmes County game, where it's like we, uh, I, like I still like this happens regularly. I, I mean, I've grown up here my whole life. Is like you bump into somebody and you're just getting to know them. You're like, oh, you find out that you're like related, <laughs> like like third like third third cousins or something, or you're at least like you know, uh, I don't know, your on- uncles were, I don't know cousins and you know it's like how we how we place everybody it's a to be fair it works well with the na- last name of miller yeah, right. when you have 90 percent of holmes yeah, county yeah, right. being miller yeah we are, we are a dominant a dominant herd here i'm kind of wondering around let, let me try try to bring it back but one of the things that i've noticed in, and this is probably going to be somewhat unique to our context is that one of the challenges of of family church family and community in our context is that people are so connected to their natural family. So like Sunday evenings is a very, it's a very unspoken thing, but it's a very, it's like we go over, and I'm talking about like adults, like adult children, we go over to mom and dad's on Sunday nights and we hang, which is, which is a good, which is a good thing. What I found from a pastoral perspective is that people that are not from this area find it very difficult to connect. And it's not that people are, are unfriendly um it's just that we're not always aware of what it's like to be coming in from the outside because they don't have that because people from the outside don't always have that natural uh connection and so and again um if to sit down with mom and dad and grandpa and grandma like that's a that's a good thing we don't have to be apologetic about it Um, but i think that sometimes church community takes a back seat to ancestral familial community does that make sense and again i'm not i'm I'm not trying to pit them against each other it's just that we have something uh, and let me get to some bible here because we we haven't haven't done that yet um but we have something in the gospel that unites us in a way that uh makes our bond very strong and that is simply this is that god is our Father. Um, let me actually start with a very familiar verse, John fourteen six. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Is that Jesus came to show us the Father and to bring us to the Father. Um, in Romans chapter 8, uh, Paul says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, uh, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. And so again, you see this familial language um, in terms of uh, being brought into God's family. One more, First um, John chapter 3, he's, the writer says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And and again, there's many places you could go in the scriptures that talk about this, but just this idea that like we have something that's as Christians that I don't know. I, I, 
I struggle to, I don't want to be too blunt with it, but I just feel like we don't value church family in the way that we should. Agree? Disagree? I'd agree. Yeah. Not sure. Mark, you're not no, from I, Holmes County. Your, your last name's not I'm Miller, not. Yeah, anyway. No, but you married a Holmes County girl. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. All those things are true. Yeah. Do you feel it? Do you feel any of that? Uh, yeah. I don't. In, in some ways, I don't like. I think. I don't think it's just a Holmes County issue. Like, sure. I think. Yeah. I think underneath of it, what we're talking about is, again, it's going to come back to to things like identity and seeing. You know, just just how the gospel informs that and really what we've been called into and that kind of runs underneath all this but i do think it's a it it is somewhat of a unique cultural um thing here it's again not that it's not in other places but it's like on steroids here you know what i mean um i think one thing is you know maybe there's a lack of awareness but it's also just and this may be more just like small town but but also it's just like our like lack of availability maybe like there's so yeah. there's so many deep rooted relationships um and i don't know you guys would know this better than me some of those may be you know church like i know especially especially in the immediate area we're in like a lot of people a lot of people do go to church are part of church and have friends close friends in church and so there's all of that but um i feel like it's very blended at times like it's also the people that we grew up with and were maybe in school with and played and those things all kind of just in a very unique way. Like there's a ton of overlap in that. Um, and that, that would be the biggest difference I think from, you know, even what I look back in my, in my experience, um, it was much more like compartmentalized. Um, so yeah, I don't know moving. It, it definitely is interesting moving in. Like it's, it, yeah. uh, it is, it feels challenging to build relationships i would say i'm really thankful for i mean just kind of how it's gone for me and getting into it it has been through church and and uh kind of built-in relationships and um you know i feel like i've gotten that but i still definitely feel the challenge i think it's real yeah i think you know one of the things that unique about holmes county is that there is a culture collide at times so predominantly what you've been talking about is probably more eastern part of Holmes County. The western part isn't so much as much Amish influence. There's some there. Yeah. Um, and so, like, even even some of my background, I've seen more broken homes, more divorce, more more of that. Not that that doesn't happen over here on the east side, because it does. Yeah. But it, it's more predominant over there. And that's not saying they're better or worse. I'm just saying it's it's a different culture. And so, like, you see sometimes where the family is so ingrained, their natural family, heritage family, if you will. But then I've also seen where broken, broken side of families, like my, my dad was divorced from my mom at an early age. And I, I don't have an idea even what family should look like because that's how they were raised. So you have this side over here where it's all about family, about my heritage family, about my biological family. Then over here, there's no family at all. So like, as they're coming into the church and I've seen, I've seen people come into the church, they get saved. Um, they struggle even with the, what the idea of family should look like or is out of that as well. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like we're, I, again, we've kind of gone down a rabbit trail here. That was my own, that I, I'm the one that sent us down it, like just in regards to some of the specific things about, about Holmes County. Um, but this is where we, you know, where we pastor, where we have our church at. Um, 
And uh, I, I guess I'm just trying to bring it back to like, what are some of the other, just what are, let me ask this, what are some of the challenges that you see people face in regards to having true community in their lives? And again, that's a, making the assumption that it is a challenge. And I, I, let me just say what I'm thinking is like, I do think that most Christians live in isolation. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that we don't, we don't get it. And that part of it is not just a homeschooling mm-hmm. thing. I think that's a sin thing in that we we when we have sin in our lives we tend to isolate and we're and we deal with shame and i think that the the answer or the 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 healing balm if you will for for shame is actually community letting people in sharing your story and not having them despise you but have them put their arm around you and uh Love you well. Yeah. So we in the in, earlier in the conversa- conversation we were talking about, or we were comparing our natural family to the church family. Yeah. And while there are a lot of similarities, I think something that's very different is in our natural family. There's a lot more natural connections, so it takes a little less work connecting with our natural family because we yeah. live together, we do everything together. Whereas in a church family, I think there needs to be a lot more tension intentionality. Yeah. Um. Because there are less natural connections. Um. So, it's it's the the Sunday gatherings when we get together for church services or the, the small groups that we you know attend. It's it's being intentional in those environments and making sure that we're making uh effort in actually connecting with people because right. it's very easy to just show up yeah. and go home again. You you, ha- you have to invest. Yes. Like you have to invest in relationships. Um. And the reason you have to value it is because uh, of the Bible. The Bible puts it forward as something that we're supposed to be investing in. And it, here's the thing about investing is and just on a natural level or finances or whatever, and I'm definitely not. <laughs> Dave Ramsey would not like me very much, but I'm, I'm, not, the, I'm, I'm not your financial guy, so just a disclaimer. Um, but, uh, uh, but investing takes time. Like you can't just do it. Like you can't just invest and then go, well, that didn't work well. And, and right here is a practical one where, like, we have to have our minds renewed a little bit. Is like, because I've talked with people that's like, well, I, I, I went to that small group or you know, I went to that small church. I showed up at that, you know, men's thing or that women's thing. And, okay, well, how, well, how many times did you go? Well, once or twice. Y- yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, like you, have to, you have to go. And then when you go, you have to be vulnerable and you have to work it at actually – building relationships and it's like anything else what else is valuable to us that we haven't invested in whether it's time money effort energy prayer you know just um thinking about it uh but we got to be willing to put in that investment yeah yeah to piggyback off what you guys were talking about you know in in ephesians chapter 2 um 19 consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with god's people and members of god's household and so, you know, I really think that speaks to it as adoption. So, like, when you when you first get saved and, and you're, you're coming into God's household and, and into his church, um, there is. There's, there's, there's a learning curve with it, if you will, and trying to figure out what that's all about. It's not, you know, obviously we believe in a personal, personal relationship with Jesus, but sometimes we emphasize that so much that we don't get this whole idea of household, that it is, it is community, it is our family. Um, and, and, and sometimes we miss that, especially in, in, in that context with a personal relationship with Jesus. One yeah. Th- go ahead. I, yeah. One, one thing that keeps coming up a few times is just this idea of vulnerability. And I think if we're asking the question, kind of, why do we struggle with this? I think that's a huge part of it 
Um, and I think it, I think it matters because we talk about, we, we can talk about community and relationships that come easy. And like Conrad was saying, a lot of those are, you know, they're built, they, they come more naturally because maybe they're built on common interests and, and, uh, you know, hobbies or whatever it is, things that we just like to talk about. And we, we, you know, some people just attract easier and quicker and that's a real reality. Um, but, but with like in the church and the gospel, on one hand, we are saying that we're all different, but we're also saying that we're united around something much bigger and deeper than any of those things. But I think the problem is, is that we, we struggle to actually be vulnerable and, and that truth, like the gospel, um, it, 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 we struggle to actually like bring that to bear in our relationships if that makes sense. but that has to start with vulnerability. So like, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of these things, like it's one thing to go to the event. It's another thing to, to go and be willing to actually be vulnerable and yeah. let somebody speak the gospel and be re- And like when that happens, I think relationships happen quickly. Like, yes, if somebody, yep. if somebody like, encourages me in the gospel i am almost automatically endeared to them and and want want more of that like it and that that's that's how but we have but we have to be willing to be vulnerable and honest about things yeah well well, let's not let's not skip over this because here's the thing just to be super clear that happens all the time is that i i know i mean so this was some of my experience growing up was like the, the church that i grew up in i would not probably even to this day disagree with much of their doctrinal statement you know things on paper like yeah yeah that's that sounds good but the thing is outside of the pulpit as everybody's sitting there hearing something from the pulpit um i never heard anyone just naturally just talk about jesus like it was always like what are the browns doing how the softball game go did you see the basketball game last night like what'd you what'd you do last night like every work everything else there was never just talk about jesus and this is really key um uh and again we we miss it all the time is that we have to in those center in those places in those contexts not just be intentional to show up but be intentional to put the word of god the gospel jesus christ at the center of the conversation and allow what actually is powerful in uniting us be the thing that unites us i've seen this is a i don't I don't know. I want to be. I don't want to be judgmental, but I remember visiting another church years ago, and they had all these different small groups set up. But the small groups were set up around. The, here's the ones I remember: ski club, bowling. Those were the main two. <laughs> like, but 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 just to be clear, like like those were some yeah. of the more obscure ones. That's probably why they why they stand out to me. Now, hear me. Can Christian brothers and sisters get together and go skiing and yeah. bowling? Shh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm not against that. All I'm saying is it's very it's it's interesting that we will actually build our community around something right, other thing, than yeah. the gospel, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, which yeah. is the very thing that makes us all yeah. unique. Like we don't want to be united around these periphery things. Like if, when there's overlap, yeah, that, yeah. like yeah. cool. Let's go skiing well, or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. but that and can't be the center, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I think too. This is part of you know again these metaphors. They're somewhat mutually informative and not in a perfect way. We talked about this with marriage a little bit. Like there's, there's just things that maybe it's more idealistic, but things that with our own families can inform how this should look. Like I, I think about my family, my brothers, my sibling, I, <laughs> I have a sister too. I just left her out. Community, but, uh, <laughs> she's the youngest one. Anyways, we're all very different. Yeah. Like, and that is, 
we all have different um, things that maybe we connect with and connect in different ways, but we're all very, but we all get along really well together too. Um, but it's, it's, it's just because of like, some of it is just time spent, but it's also like just this kind of innate commitment to one another that we have because, because we're siblings, like it's first because that's true. And, and just this commitment to like, first what that means. And so I'm going to engage this and just kind of let, you know, let, let what comes come of it. But, but it's for, and I think that's true in the gospel. Like it's first, the Bible is first telling you, this is how you're, this is what you are in the gospel. And, and we have to be, we have to see ourselves as that we have to be committed to it and then engage it. And, and these things do come about, but it's, again, it's not rooted on any of these kind of, you know, um, arbitrary, like interest things. It's first, it's first. We are children of God. And the person sitting next to you is a child of God. And we have to start with the gospel and, uh, yeah. And the way that we, we view that, that's a good point with your biological siblings. You know, I've got four boys and Ephraim and Rome. My first two are very, very different. Ephraim came out just in the way they look and the things that they like, kind of the way they roll. You know, as Ephraim came out, little light haired, thin haired, blonde little baby. Rowan came out just thick black hair. Um, yeah. uh, totally, totally look, 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 <laughs> looked a lot different. Uh, the personalities are a lot different, but it, it, it grieves me as a father when they don't get along yet at the same, at the same time, I recognize that they're both very, very different. And yet at the end of the day, they do, uh, they do get along actually <laughs> sometimes, um, uh, broad strokes. Uh, yeah. But, but because of, because of that, that just that truth right. that, yeah. that that unites us, and we and yeah, you know, we have to we have to live this way. We have to keep this um, at the center. One one other thing on just going back to something that was mentioned earlier about um, I think the vulnerability thing is it, I'd like to press down into shame a little bit. Is that um, the idea of of shame and vulnerability is that we're ashamed we can we feel ashamed to let people know who we really are mm-hmm. like you said in our natural families we because we're living in the same house there's and no hiding it, yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's there's no hiding it at all but in the church you're you're able to hide but that that shame like you know if i had to like define shame just in like a layman's definition it's just at the bottom of it it's just a fear of being rejected right and we're we're afraid that if people really know me they're not going to actually accept me now Two things. One is that can only be overcome by community, where it is by people actually accepting. You can't just think, do the little mental gymnastics. Although I'm all for preaching the gospel to ourselves, where we, you know, we say, "No, I'm accepted in Christ." You know, it's okay if if He accepts me. If God yeah. accepts me, then it's good. Like we need to do that too, but um, but we actually need to hear it from other people. There's something that preaching the gospel to ourselves can never replace the power of hearing the gospel. From somebody else and I don't just mean like Jesus died on the cross for your sins believe in him and you'll be saved I mean like like somebody looking at you saying hey Matt you are you are truly loved like you're his son no matter what you do you are accepted in Christ um, there's a power in even if Matt tells himself that there's a power in in hearing it um, but I don't know but but the but the problem is sometimes going back to people's bad church experience is that many times that hasn't been the case and this is where it's just, oh, I don't, I don't even know. I don't have anything else other than I just want to like groan because I've. If you have seen this, 
and if you have experienced it firsthand, it is truly, truly painful. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think it traumatizes people, and people carry it along into their church experience then, and then everybody's just playing the cards close to the chest. <laughs> um, kind of afraid together. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I think it's true. I think, uh, I mean, I, yeah, there's a number of people that come to mind very close to me. Um, who it's I, honestly like it, 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 it may not, I don't think it's a exaggeration to say like every church context they've been in has been yeah. that. And yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and that's the, I mean, I, you know, yeah. similar to what you're saying, it's just like, it feels very defeating and especially because you're, you're caught in the situation where like on one hand, like I, I believe we're called to this. I believe we need, I believe we need it. I believe we need to press in, but we need the healthy version of it. Like it is, it is, it's really hard when the community that should be caring for you in these ways is the one that is mistreating you and doing the opposite. And like, this is the place that we, we should be able to come to for, to be vulnerable and to be honest and to be encouraged in the gospel and loved and all these things. And, and when, when you do get that rejection, it is, it's, it's very painful and hurtful to do it. And and it lasts too. Like it is, um, can I, can I throw in a a practical here? Cause, cause like I've got some real specific things coming to mind and cause I really want us to get this is I, have you guys ever been in the meeting where somebody is vulnerable and you can tell, like, they take the, they finally, and it's like a, you can tell it's like, they don't do, they're not just somebody who just spouts off. Like, they're actually being intentional and sharing something deep and heavy. And and when when we say rejected, here's what I don't mean. Because I, I, I suppose this happens, and this is terrible as well, too, but this isn't what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody like Conrad confesses something to me, and I just, and I respond by, like, openly shaming, like, yeah. Conrad, yeah, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why would you do that? Sure, that happens. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the person is vulnerable, but puts themselves out there, and it's just crickets. (laughs) Oh my! Why? I it it makes me so angry. (laughs) It frustrates me so bad. Like, dear friends, we have to respond with love and with saying something. Like with trying. Like even even if you're, oh, I I didn't really know what to say say something do something give them a hug there's a this is one of my favorite stories like i'll remember this till the day i die there's there's a guy bob mullet he passed away um a couple years ago was a part of our church um and there was a sunday morning uh where back at the old theater so this was i don't know six years ago something like that um it was a it was a very unique Sunday. We've all, almost never been another one like it. But I was just very like during worship. I was just very, um, I don't know, overwhelmed by just God's presence and some things that He was speaking to my heart. And I just got up after worship when I was supposed to preach. I was like, and I was you know pretty emotional. I was like, guys, I just I don't know that I can preach. I just feel like I think I said something like, we just need to pray. I don't really know if anybody wants to come up. And I think I prayed, and then I. Um, just open it up for anybody that wanted to come up and just grab the mic and just lead lead out in prayer. Uh, and it was it was actually a really cool service. Like it was, yeah, nothing planned. It was just something the Spirit was doing that day. But that was after I kind of like got up and kind of blubbered around a little bit and just said that. And in that moment of vulnerability, not really knowing what was going to happen next to anybody was going to respond, I had my eyes closed. 
and I and I opened them up when all of a sudden I felt somebody's hand like on my shoulder, and it was and it was Bob, and uh, and Bob is not like he he just he was not the guy that was going to say much. He was not the guy like he didn't come up to lead out in prayer. In fact, I remember looking at him saying, Bye. and I actually just like whispered to him. He was just, he and I stood up there in front of the congregation. I was like, Bob, do you want to say something? And he just kind of, he had tears in his eyes, and he just was kind of shook his head. And he just, like, it almost makes me want to cry now. Like, he just came up there just to stand next to me and just put his hand on me. Do you guys remember that? Like, like I'll remember that till the day I die. And I, and I, and again, I wasn't like confessing sin or something. Like, it was just like, a vulnerable moment but but that's like he didn't know what to do and he didn't know what to say but he tried like and it meant a lot and it meant a lot to me and i think that's the thing that like i don't know just uh <laughs> in this whole thing about community and who we are as the church i this isn't just about i don't know waxing eloquent about concepts it's like we need to grow in this and um and I'll come back again, and maybe I shouldn't do this, but I'm real, I'm just following all sorts of rabbit trails now. But like in Holmes <laughs> County, for those of you that grew, grew up in this area, I just want to say this point blank: we don't do this well. We just we just tend to not do it well. It tends to be a very weak spot. I'm saying that as somebody who's grown up here my whole life, and we need to do better with, um, yeah, just putting our hand on somebody's shoulder, and if we don't have anything to say. It's fine. Don't say anything, but but try to meet people in their vulnerability. Well, I, I think you know this lends itself for us to have to be vulnerable when they're being vulnerable. Yeah, does that make sense? And that's why we don't. And, like and it. that's why we don't yeah. like it. So a lot of times we want to be the hero, we want to be the strong person, and we just stand there silently and just kind of like, uh, you know, even even when somebody confesses sin, right? Um, I've had numerous conversations in the last week with guys that are like, you know, struggling with this or that. And like, they feel like they're the only one. And like, even like that they confess it, like everybody just like, okay, we'll be praying for you. And they feel like they're the only one maybe dealing with that or like everybody else is perfect and they got this perfectly figured out and I'm the only one struggling with it. But when they get in a community of guys, gals with gals, and you're sharing that and saying, yeah, I struggle with this as well. It, it opens up something and it becomes more, it, it becomes deeper that I'm not the only one going through this. I'm not the only one having to deal with this. Even if the sin is different, you're, you're both dealing with sin at, at, at certain levels in our, in our lives and we're struggling against it and we're struggling against it together. Yeah. We, uh, you guys got any other thoughts? <laughs> I'm looking at the time on our <laughs> podcast. We probably need to, uh, we might have to do a part two on, on, uh, on family, but do you guys have any other closing thoughts? I don't know, I just think it's uh like coming back to the idea of family and stuff and some of it's some of it's cultural and Matt kinda talked about, you know, different sides of the county and stuff. I think I think some of it is even even in maybe the quote unquote like healthier family and the tight knit, um, you know, it is unique here. I also think some of it's just like religious culture and you know, 'cause I I can look at my upbringing and stuff and see a lot of similarities but but we also maybe have just kind of a naive like idea of the of the health of our families like i don't think we do this well in our families either honestly a lot sure. of times like i don't yeah. i don't in think our we, natural family yeah in yeah, our yeah. natural families no, I, I, like, I, I agree i think on one hand like the you know the time spent and commitment and enjoyment of each other is there but i don't think that we naturally 
are good at being <laughs> being vulnerable with each yeah. other and being deeper but than surface. Like it's that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah and I so it, and so I think some of it is just a, you know, it, it's a we we let that kind of inform what we think a good family life should look like, and we bring those things into the church. But again, it's all coming back to this idea that it it runs much deeper than this, and um, and we've got to let the Bible tell us what's good and what's faithful and what's true and try the best we can to walk in it. Um, but it's hard. Like it, it is. No, that's a great point. So like, I'm just thinking about my boys and our, yeah, what unites them is that they have the same parents, myself and Hannah. Um, but we are <laughs> extremely far from perfect. Right. <laughs> but our heavenly father's perfect. Yeah. Like he, he's good. And so when we keep our eyes on him, um, and what he's done for us and what he promises to do and continues to do for us, there really is a a next level of community and oneness and vulnerability and love and a sense of belonging um, that is not offered to us in any other place. And unfortunately, the world is really looking for it. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes we as the church uh, miss our prime opportunity yeah. to to be the people that God has, it's God true. has called us to be. So, well, this is good. Uh, we hope that this uh, podcast was helpful on some level and just uh, allowing you to think through what it means to be a part of the local church and that you will be um, <laughs> and that you'll be encouraged and inspired uh, t- uh, to commit to the people that God has placed in your life. Mm-hmm.